This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, your host, Mike Fusco. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another segment of the Team Business Podcast. This is Team Business episode number 37, and we are thankful to have Julie Brown with us today. Uh, Julie is the president and talent advisor to the insurance industry. I know personally because she has helped me and done a great job on acquiring talent for my agency. Uh, Julie is the president of SDI Staffing here in the San Diego area, but it works with clients throughout the country. Is that, I think that's right, right, Julie? California. Okay, so clients throughout the state of California. Mm -hmm. Uh, 27 years as the president of SDI Staffing, which is, wow, that's a big accomplishment. As business owners, we know that uh, it's not easy. So congrats on that, Julie, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate being here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I thought, you know, I was like, wow, you know, in, in this time that we're in, we're, I think as agency owners, uh, and you know, the audience is obviously not all insurance people, but we have a fair amount that listen from the industry, colleagues of mine, but you know, just in small business in general, mm-hmm. now, I talk to clients in all different industries and, you know, people are really shuffling around and moving to different companies and trying to find better places for themselves. And I think to have you on, the timing is great. Yeah, it so. is. It's been a crazy world the last couple of years, that's for sure, especially in recruiting and the insurance yeah, industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you see just, it's, it's funny because, you know, as we were going through the pandemic, I remember thinking to myself a bunch of times, like, you know, if we can really take good care of our, of our staff during this time, you know, give them a safe place to work, allow them to work from home, um, you know, give them, you know, do what we have to do to make sure that they're safe and comfortable, you know, with their kids at home, whatever it is. Yeah. That I thought that that would enable us to be a stronger company and, you know, move forward with the tenured staff. Yes. And it actually was the, the exact opposite happened once things started coming back to, <laughs> to, to normal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I lost, you know, I lost five people in, I don't know, four months. And I, I mean, we've never had that kind of turnover in the 12 years we've had this agency. Yeah. And it was really just a shock to me. If, what do you think about that? I, would, you know, I, I think you're not the only one. Yeah, uh, I think um, even some of the bigger brokers have seen like entire departments like leave, and that's why it's been crazy, like crazy. But we hear a lot about, hey, I want to leave because uh, my employer's you know making us all come back 100, percent and for two years I've been, you know, working remotely. Right. Um, I- I've heard crazy things like, um, hey, my employer's requiring us to be vaccinated. I'm working remote. What what do I need to be vaccinated for? Um, hey, they're requiring us to come back hybrid and we have to be vaccinated and I'm going to lose my job because I'm not vaccinated. It, it's been a little crazy. I've been, yeah. you know, some candidates are like, they've been there eight, 10 years and they're going to lose that, um, that knowledge base and because of a vaccination or because, you know, they're going to require right. them to come back. It, it's, right. it's a little crazy. Yeah, it is. And I, I, you know, I was thinking that is part of it. And then I also thought, and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me, and I could be wrong, that the compensation being offered 
you know, for people to move is, is strong. It seems stronger than it's been in the past. Um, and I don't know if that has to do with like liquidity and capital investment that uh, companies have acquired over the last couple of years with, you know, whatever types of loans that have been available. But do you think that's the case? Do you think that, you know, people are looking for better salaries, better pay, better benefits and all that good stuff? Or They are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that can be part of it, but I will say it's not usually the reason people are looking to leave. Uh, it's not the top. Um, but there are some candidates that have been severely underpaid. And if they call and we start having a conversation and I like educate them on what's out there sometimes. Yeah. That, that, is, that is a huge, yeah. it is. Uh-huh. Uh, we've also seen things like sign on bonuses. I have never seen a sign on bonus in the insurance industry in 27 years. And we got like three or four of those options this year. Wow. Some, yeah. That was like crazy. Well, my staff's like, what is this? Like, I've never seen a sign on Are we charging against a sign on bonus? And I'm like, well, it's not in my contract. So, you know, it's yeah. like, who does sign on bonuses in the insurance industry? But we've seen it. So funny. That's funny you say that. Um, what was I going to ask? So, yeah, again, you know, we're talking about the insurance industry, but I'm sure that this is, you know, I, I talk to people in many different industries and, you know, this is something that business owners are facing everywhere. Yes. Uh, a couple of questions about you, Julie. Let me ask you a little bit about yourself so that we can, so that the audience gets to know you. Um, what's your favorite time of the day? As a uh, business owner that's been 27 years, we want to learn something. Like what, <laughs> My favorite time of the are day. You one of these, are you one of the start early people, you know? Uh, no. I, I mean, I get up early, but uh, I like to walk the dogs in the morning. I like to have a little bit of coffee time in the morning. And I kind of start in the office around 9 so, um, but, but I do get up, you know, six in the morning. Um, yeah. I kind of like that, that time I do check emails and I work from home remotely in the mornings, but, um, I, I do like the morning time. It's kind of my quiet time and time to really yeah. kind of focus for the day. Yeah. It's kind of nice, huh? Mm -hmm. Um, as a business owner of 20, you know, 27 years, what's the biggest learning experience you've had? And I, I mean, I'm sure there's been so many, but <laughs> is there any that come to mind that you're like, man, that's uh, something that. Uh, I, I think early on, just um, money, uh, cash flow was a huge thing. You know, we started out not only doing direct hire placement, but we do temporary services as well. And, um, you know, when you hire temps and you put them in the field, I'm paying their payroll every week and clients don't pay me weekly. So, you know, that was a huge right. um, adaptation that I had to learn and I had to understand and I had to educate my, my silent partner, my husband, you know, he, <laughs> he was ready to divorce me. I had used every credit card, everything, because no one would give me a line of credit when I first started. So I had to educate him what cash flow and, and how this business works. And um, yeah, he was, he's a very, um, I would say very money tight and very like, if you don't have any money in the bank, you aren't making any money kind of person. Right. It, it was right. learning for both of us, how to, how to communicate and give him the information he needs. And then, um, you know, him being comfortable with what we're doing. Yeah. I listened to your story and it, you, you know, you say that you, you know, you couldn't get lines of credit and you know, it's hard when you first start, but yeah, you must've had a strong belief or a strong passion in that you were going to be successful if you were willing to, kind of, you know, bring your personal finances into running the business, right? I mean, you kind of, there had to be something that you were like, I'm going to, this is going to work, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I felt like it. I, I yeah. had done hiring and firing and I felt like I have a really good knack for people and personalities. And um, I, I knew I could do it. It was just give me the time to, you know, I, I think if you ask him today, he'd be super happy with it. Yeah, that. Huh? he's like, right, yeah, good right. thing I let you do that. You know? Right, <laughs> he got to retire early, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's awesome. What's a little known fact about SDI staffing? Um. Well, I mean, I, I think a really great thing about my company is my team and um, a couple of them have been with me over 20 years. And I, I mean, I, that says a lot right yeah, there, N not necessarily yeah. about me, but about um, the, the team environment that, that I build and that I think is really important. I think in other staffing companies, there's a lot of me, 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 what's in it for me. And, and that's not how we work here. Uh, everybody gets a piece of the business. Everybody gets a share in the rewards. Um, and so I, I definitely think my team is a huge, a huge factor for this company. That's great. When you say, you know, sharing the business or, or the rewards, is it like set up? Like, like an ESOP? Is it, you know, an employee owned or is it more no, like? No, not like that. It's more like the commissions and the, okay, you yeah. know, that, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think I treat that, you know, I, I've also, you know, we've gone through a recession and a pandemic. Uh, yep. And so, um, you know, I've always been the first one to take a little bit of the cut and pay to, to try uh, to keep my team. And I think yeah. that they understand that and they value that and they see it um, because it's not about me. It's about like keeping a viable business going for all of us. We all have households and bills and yep. all that good stuff. And so I think that that's um, a really important part, too. It's just like it's not you know, what's in it for Julie first. It's about what's in it for all of us. Cause that's what I wanted was a long-term viable business um, with a really great team to work with. That's great. Makes it so much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what would you say? And this is probably kind of a weird question, but what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Do you remember like anyone that kind um, of you still go back to today or that you think about? <laughs> Uh, I, I do. I, I have a lady who's no longer with us, but she was in a group with me, um, a, a group of business owners, like a peer group. And she always said, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm like, um, I, I don't know. I mean, w you know, it'd be like, we want to take on more space. And she'd say, well, what's the worst thing that could happen, Julie? And I'm like, uh, we can't afford it. And she's like, oh, well, then you renegotiate. Are you, you know, right. she always was the, what's the worst thing that could happen? So it got me thinking about a, a different line of questions. Like what is the worst thing that can happen? And what if that does happen? And you know, like a, a little more, okay, maybe it's really not a bad thing. So it, it was a great, um, she was a great mentor in that respect. And I, I really appreciate, you know, what she made me start thinking a little differently about how I do yeah. things, and how I approach things. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we move along in our journeys as business owners and people that are listening as entrepreneurs, you know, there's certain, you have to take risk as you go along. And uh, some might be bigger decisions than others, obviously, but, you know, and a lot of growing a business is having to invest in the business, mm -hmm. you know, like you say with space or hiring or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it might not be the most comfortable thing at first. Mm -hmm. And I know I talk to people about this all day long. It's like, sometimes you just kind of have to do it. Yep. And most of the time it works out fine. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know? And I've made my mistakes and, and yeah. you know, we've all made them, but she at least kept pushing me to 
take that next step and and that risk. And it was a good thing. And she's the owner of, um, oh, she was the owner of Taylor Research here locally. Oh, yeah. Susan Taylor. So she was oh, a yeah. great person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taylor Research. They're, are they still, they were off Camino, they were off like the Hotel Circle, right? Yeah, they used to be over yeah, there. Yeah. I think they moved, but I think they're Did down they or something. Yeah, I mean, after she passed away, the, I think the business okay. was sold. And, mm-hmm. Oh, is this, is this recent? Is this recent that she? No, she's been okay. for uh, probably over 10 years. But oh, has she? she? A, yeah, she was just a great mentor. Really great. Yeah, mentor. I know she had a great business. I mean, I I remember when I was younger and I first moved out west, mm-hmm. and I, you know, <laughs> and it, I was struggling to make money. I mean, I used to do like some of their. They used to call me to go do some of their, uh, re, you know, research or yeah. uh-huh. consumer. What do they call that? Like, uh, well, they would do like mock juries and yeah. they would do like yeah, of, consumer research. Yeah, consumer all kinds research. of crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, she had a great fun. little business going. It was really very fascinating. It was. I, I I went probably, I don't know, maybe five to seven times or something. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we even cool. did a joint venture. She needed some licensed insurance agents for whatever the situation was, and I was able to oh, fill cool. her, little, her little group for her. So it was kind of a cool thing. We did a little joint venture one time. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, and now, you know, talking about – I'm going to talk about your industry because – so do you like when you talk about your industry, mm-hmm. do you more you know place yourself in the insurance industry? Or do you place yourself more in like the recruiting? Industry? Like what do you? No, you know I always I mean? like, insurance first. Okay, so yeah, you're, I mean, that's okay. I mean, first and foremost. This is what I recruit for. This is what I love. Yeah. This is what I understand. Secondly, uh, you know, I I feel like I am an advisor to the insurance industry more than yeah. anything. Yeah, and yeah, and in working with you, that's that becomes very evident. And what what would you say the biggest misconception about the insurance industry is? Oh, that we're slime balls. <laughs> that yeah. <we're, laughs> that we uh, we rip everybody off. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. The other thing, actually, that's that's the funny part. But the serious one is um, most people think it's a sales job that there's only sales roles in insurance, or you're a claims adjuster. That's it. And um, and it's I try to educate young professionals or young people coming in that, you know, there's way more opportunities than just sales and claims. And you'd be amazed at what different roles people have. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's such a vast, vast industry. And yep. um, you're right in the sense that and that really drives me insane. <laughs> and, and and another thing is that insurance companies don't pay claims. Yeah. We went through, there was a, I think there was a six month period last year where we were, uh, in this agency, we were tracking our data on claims. Yeah. So any claim that came in, you know, there's claims that get filed that we don't know about. But yeah, we try. We we, we try to tell our customers, hey, you know, if you have, you know, get us involved. We're happy to help. Would we'll be liaison for you. And we tracked the the amount of the percentage of acceptance. Yeah. And it was ninety one, ninety two percent. Yeah. So this whole misnomer that insurance companies don't pay claims is just it's ludicrous. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just kind of yeah it's a misconception that kind of gets yeah. me a little upset but um so you know being that i think you know things are starting to feel a little more normal these days that you know i mm-hmm. kind of say that you know, i don't want to be too optimistic but what what are you most looking forward to uh, for the remainder of 2022 you know going into 2023 as we kind of get out of this most difficult time you know 
Um, I just that people start feeling more comfortable and that people are willing to um, maybe as far as candidates are concerned, a little more open to the hybrid role. A lot of clients really want to kind of push towards that. And, and I'd like to see everybody feel more comfortable with that option. Um, but on the other hand, too, I really feel like recruiting perspective, uh, if you say, hey, it could be remote, we have a lot more options for you to consider. Um, yeah. An example is I, I have this uh, municipality type client that needs work comp examiners and you know, it's, they're willing to pay decent money, but they expect them all to be in the office in downtown LA. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, there's not a lot. And they want to start them out on a temporary basis, like six month temp assignments. And I'm like, first of all, claims adjusters are not unemployed right now. Um, secondly, if they are unemployed, why not take somebody who works anywhere in California? Why limit yourself to only those people that can, because you, I don't think I can do this job. So for me, from a business perspective, please be creative and yeah. remote as well as local candidates because you're going to do yourself, a, you know, it's going to be better. Oh, yeah. It opens up the pool so much more, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope that clients still are open to remote, to hybrid, to really being creative when it comes to recruiting. And I've really enjoyed that piece of the job this past year because, the unemployment rate in the insurance industry is really, really low. It's tough to find people who are really just taking band-aids and moving people around. And I yeah. really feel we're doing ourselves a disservice by not, um, you know, being creative yeah. or, and or training and looking at, you know, bringing people up the up the ladder because that that's that's going to be if you're going to ask me what the next challenge is that's the next challenge for i see in the insurance industry is just uh new blood new people in the business the absolutely i think we've about that a, all the time we've had a lot that uh have also retired this yes pandemic year yes like, ah, I'm, I'm done i'm moving yeah. I, I will tell you at the beginning of the pandemic i thought the same thing like hi do i want to do this what am i doing is this really how i want to you know, I, I even thought about it too. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I wouldn't blame anybody who mm -hmm. was at that stage of their career that considered, you know what, am I really going to battle through this? You know, especially after you said before, like, you know, 2008, 2000, you know, that wasn't too long ago and it was, that was yeah. really hard too. Yes. So it's like, we're going to go through this all over again, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I was going to say, uh, and just going back a little bit, you know, yeah. well, I think a big mistake I made um, towards the end of last year, and I think this was probably in September, October, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, is that I kind of told my team, you know, that I had planned to, I, that everyone, I wanted everyone to come back in the office by March and I of this year. Yeah. And I think out of fear, because, I, you know, I think culture is obviously a big part of any company. Mm -hmm. And I think that ha having people in an office environment and working day to day together and being all in one place really helps, not just with, you know, people interacting, but also learning. And, you know, when you have new hires, I want them to be close by so they can hear what everyone's saying. And, exactly. And I think that when I did that, you know, it didn't take me long to, to realize it was a mistake because in the next couple of weeks, I realized people were starting looking for other jobs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we lost some of our best employees and it was, so then I went back on it and say, you know what, that's the mistake on my part. Yeah. We're not going to do that. And I think, you know, for the audience and in general, just speaking, a couple of things I learned 
is that you can still, you can have a really good culture with people that are not in the office. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really make them, you know, feel part of the team, you know, with all the technology we have nowadays, you know, obviously with zoom, yep. you know, like we're speaking right now, like we're together. Yep. Uh, but you know, you can have weekly, you know, you could, you could set up, uh, you know, meetings, uh, with Slack, you know, with, uh, DoorDash, you know, things where you can, you know, if you have a lunch in, you can still send them lunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you can really do it. I mean, and I, I was fearful of that, but I think that was short sightedness on my part. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to speak to what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, you hope that companies start to come around a little more to being creative, allowing people to work virtual or hybrid or whatever. Do you think it's going to stay that? Do you think companies are going to, you know, continue to evolve in that way? Or do you think it's going to come back to getting people in the offices? Yeah, I, I, I hope it stays hybrid. I think it's yeah. going to stay hybrid if they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of changes in that. I will tell you, I have an insurance company that's a client of mine, and um, they were looking for a role for a year, a year, because they wanted them in the office, very specific, very specific skill set, you know, in an office like, let's just say Sacramento area or something. And it took them a year. They didn't find anybody. And once they opened it up to you know, a hybrid or remote in any of the states that they work in, it was amazing the the quality of candidates that we could find for them. And we were able to fill that job. And they worked on it a year before they gave it to me. So wow. It's like, you know, I mean, you that's not proof be, of the pudding, you know? Yeah. You you know, you just you're looking for very specific skill set. And if you're gonna require them to come back to the office, it's gonna take a lot longer to find that person. For sure. If you want them, you know, within 25 miles of your office. Uh, I have another client, same issue. Like we've been looking for six months because he's very specific. I want them to come in the office two days a week or three days a week. And it's, it can be challenging because he wants very specific skill set and experience. And maybe they're not in that area. Yeah. People have to be open to like, why not get the best person? Now, uh, when you recruit for California companies, Yep. Do you look for people in other states or is it all people that like people that are working in California also? We start with California. Okay. So we've had a couple of placements. We never thought we would place people that are like in Missouri for a California yeah. client. So we have done a couple of those yeah. this year, which has been okay. really interesting. My team's like, wow, this is so weird. We've had to change our internal database. Um, usually we've just, everybody's got a California address and now we've had to add like, their actual address and their, um, because we had a client that said, oh, I'll take anybody, someone in Arizona. And we're like, oh, okay, we need to look up Arizona, but we always coded everybody for California. So we've had to ch- make some changes internally so that we could find those candidates that are out of California easier and that are willing to work. Yeah. So it's been a, a little internal process that we've had right. to make changes internally. Um, but we do start with California first because I get the fact that, you know, hey, ideally, I think most clients would like them to be within driving distance to like, hey, if we're going to have a a company function or picnic or party or something, it'd be nice if they could come in. So we start there first and see what we can find, like a 50 mile radius. And then we just kind of expand it from there. So that's how we, but I mean, we have a client that just hired like three people and they're kind of in a remote area and they hired them all all over California and uh, they brought them all in for training the first week, put them up in a hotel, brought them into the office and then sent them home with their equipment. So they're willing to be creative. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. It's good to hear that. You know, um, what what do you think is the mark of a good leader? Like, what what would you say makes a good leader? Um, I think is looking at your team and assessing their skills and abilities and trying to work with that rather than pigeonhole them into this is this is what you do. I think looking at them and saying, what do you want to do now that you've been here, now that you know who we are, wh where do you want to grow into? Where do you want to go? How can I help you get there? Even if it's out the door, um, I really feel like that's important. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll give an example of uh, my staff person who's been with me 25 years this year. She started with me as a receptionist, you know, making seven bucks an hour at the front desk. And um, she got to listen to what we do and hear. And she said to me, I, I don't, I don't want to be a recruiter. And I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, I want to do payroll because I was doing payroll at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, please take it off me. And so, yeah, you're like, that's the worst. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we taught her payroll and she's now my vice president of operations. She handles all the accounting, all the payroll, all the marketing, all the social media. You know, she loves it. She's got a variety. She's the, she's kind of our pro project manager for, you know, when we switch softwares and that sort of thing. She took everything off of my plate and I can focus on recruiting and sales. So it's wonderful. That's, that's great. And it, yeah, going back to your point, had you not had that conversation with her, and at the point was probably a tough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, who knows if she would have, you know, maybe not thought there was maybe no place for her in the yep. future and looked elsewhere or, you yep. know, open lines of communication and being a good leader and bringing that to the, t to the front, the forefront, you know? Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we've some people have come in here and what, what they're doing is not what they want and there's no other role for them. And then I help them out the door. And I, I will tell you that um, I've had a few people that left us or we terminated them and they've been they've stayed in the recruiting industry and they they do credit what they learned here in my agency for their success. And it's um, really important. It's like it's, this is not the right person. I have someone he's like, I don't I don't want to do the insurance recruiting. I want to do something different. OK. That's great. Then this is not the right spot for you, but at least you you got the skill set, and now you can go get do what you want to recruit for. Um, I think that that's important for a leader. It's really I always tell my husband. You know, we laugh about it. he's the boss and I'm the leader because he's the old school guy that says we need to all be in the office together. And I'm yeah. like, no, we need to know what works for us and what works for the team. And and I want to be able to give that flexibility and that challenge and those new opportunities for my team. I, I, I don't want to be old school and stuck in a box. So Yeah. Which I think the insurance industry in general gets that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, people think that the, insur it's, the insurance industry is so old school, which you're probably, I mean, it probably is one of the, one of the oldest. older, you know, it's, it's come a long way with insure tech yeah. and yes. you know, the revolution. But I think in general, they think of it as an aging, you know, industry that has, you know, files yes. lined on the bookshelf. <laughs> it's not very sexy. Most people don't think yeah. it's sexy compared to like the tech industry and other things. Yeah. But are you a reader? Do you read? I do read. Mm -hmm. Any uh, favorite business book that you can recommend to the to the audience? Um, I I do love uh, Good to Great, and I love um, Crucial Conversations. 
Crucial uh, Conversations. Okay. Yeah, I can't tell you who the authors are. I'm terrible with yeah. authors and stuff. Oh, but that was easy. Just crucial Conversations down. was something I actually, after we read it, uh, I read it, I actually shared it with my team because um, it's hard having crucial conversations. But you have to, you know, some of the things I took away from it was you have to have that conversation when, you know, you asked me if I was a morning person. And I don't think I want crucial conversations at six in the morning. Um, but my husband does. And it taught me how to uh, have serious conversations with my husband. You don't do it at five o'clock at night with my husband. Um, and so I realized like not only personally was that important, but professionally, you know, not everybody on the team should have a crucial conversation first thing in the morning or, you know, whatever. And it was very enlightening to me. Crucial conversations. Crucial conversations. You guys heard it. Crucial conversations. Mm -hmm. um, do you listen to podcasts? I yeah. don't. No. <laughs> um, I know my my daughter does. Uh, yeah. you know, she's the 20-something. Um, but I, I yeah. don't really. And, and, and there's I, so I many know, of them. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I hear about them and I think, oh, that's great. That's great. I just don't know when. I, I think You're, maybe if I just had him on my, like my daughter listens to him on her way to, to work. And yeah. maybe that's just the the discipline I haven't done yet. So I hate to admit that that's kind of a new techie. I'm, I'm a pretty yeah. tech savvy person too. So yeah. Next time you're in, you have a, next time you're in your car, you know, hook up your Apple play or whatever mm -hmm. or whatever. I, yeah. Yeah. And throw one I, on. I need to do it. I know I'm just bad. <laughs> My daughter always says, you're so old school. You listen to the radio. Like, oh, I just like the radio in the morning. Yeah. It's simple and easy, and I don't have to think yeah. too much. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't get you all spun out. Sometimes I listen to podcasts. I can't – sometimes I have a hard time listening at night. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people like to read business books or listen to podcasts at night, and mm -hmm. it gets my mind going too much, like, about what I want to – I hear something. I'm like, oh, man, I got to do that. And then I can't – I can't, can't go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, I can't go to sleep. Yeah, it has to be for me. It'll have to be in the morning listening yeah. to it or something on the way to work because yeah. I can't do it. And it's hard to find time to read it. I mean, reading in the morning, it's like, how would you do that? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, cool. So as we wrap up, I want to um, give our audience your contact info. Okay. Uh, especially for those that, you know, I have friends in the industry that are in California that I know have been struggling. So guys, listen up because Julie does a great job. SDI staffing does a great job. Uh, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you could go, you could email me, Julie at sdistaffing.com. Go to our website, www.sdistaffing.com. You can look at our jobs page. Um, yep. The job page is really cool, by the way. Yeah, we have a lot of jobs listed. So if you know people in the industry looking, sometimes it's just, I, I think one of the things I like to tell people about our jobs page, not only does it, show you what jobs are working on we actually post salary information and i yeah. think that's really important for people to know well what are other people paying and what are people getting for these jobs and i i, I think that that's a valuable resource if nothing else for people looking for new jobs and we try to educate candidates too about uh you're not you're asking way too much for what your experience level is we try to educate them that's sometimes great they, and sometimes they don't but yeah you yeah. can reach on our website um Reach me out to me on LinkedIn and Yep. Yep. Julia has a LinkedIn page. I'm actually looking at it now. Or if you'd like me to make the connection, you guys know how to get in touch with me. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Mike at foagency.com. 
give me a phone call, 858-384-1507. I'm happy to, happy to connect you with Julie or answer any other questions you may have. Uh, Julie, thanks again so much for your time. I know you're busy. It's a crazy, crazy time. And uh, thanks for taking, you know, half hour out of your day for us. You're welcome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for asking. Take care. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. You're a great guest. And uh, for all the audience, we'll see you next time on Team Business. Thanks again for listening.